This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hey, everyone. Recently, we released a bonus episode, Coping During COVID-19, How to Stay Happier and Calmer in Difficult Times. In that bonus episode, we explained that because of plans we'd made in calmer times to go away on spring break with our families, we'd recorded a few episodes in advance, episodes 265, 266, and 267. So we recorded the following episode before the COVID-19 situation had really taken hold. We're going to go ahead and release these episodes because we've heard from so many people that they like having a respite from COVID-19, and it's a relief to think about other things, but we wanted you to have that context. In the bonus episode, we do talk about COVID-19, and we will talk about it in the future. But not in this episode. We hope it makes you happier to think about other things for a little while. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss strategies and solutions to make our everyday lives happier. This week, because it's the season of spring cleaning, we'll dispel some spring cleaning myths and we'll talk to my old friend Rusty O'Kelly about a very common happiness stumbling block, interviewing for a job. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who I imagine is not excited to gear up for spring cleaning. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. Gretchen, as we speak, I am surrounded by so many things that need to be um, taken care of in spring cleaning. I have Christmas cards sitting by (laughs) me. I have wrapping paper, ribbon. Um, It's as if it is Christmas Eve. I have scissors, tape. I'm all ready to wrap all of my Christmas gifts. 
And I have stacks of books surrounding me, literal stacks of books, like <laughs> on both sides. Like my elbows could knock over stacks of <laughs> Will books. you take a picture? Take a picture and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I picture it in my mind, but I want an actual picture. You know, it's, it's my my favorite thing about you is that you're such a good sport about letting me clear your clutter. Oh so I just, I want to get my hands on it. <laughs> And so, okay, before we jump in, we are going to do a deep dive on advice for graduates. This is for our very special episode 270, which is coming up. So we are asking you for the best advice you have ever gotten, that you've ever given, the worst advice anybody ever gave you, what you wish you could Mm -hmm. tell your younger self. This is graduates, high school graduates, college graduates, graduate school graduates. Tell us your advice. Yeah, and Gretchen, we did this in episode 125, um, a version of this, when Eliza was graduating from high school about advice for a college-bound child. But that was a lot of very practical things, like, you know, bring hangers. This is broader. We're wanting just more, you know, well, whatever. Practical is always good, too. Right. Practical is always good, too, or kind of life advice. But it's the season of graduation, and it's it's just, it's it really, people often talk about, powerful, life-changing advice they were given, or really bad advice they were given. So send along your advice. So listen, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to beware the myths of spring cleaning. Yeah, Gretchen, we've talked about a lot of these ideas before, but it's useful to revisit them during the spring cleaning time, and I am in dire need. (laughs) Yeah, because there's sort of these ideas that we can fall into that make it harder to clear clutter, and so it's just good to be reminded, you know, this is not helpful. Let me move on and and it and there's there is a way to achieve outer order um uh it, it is possible. So what are these myths of cluttering that keep people from clearing clutter? They're all it, all these myths keep the clutter in. They don't yes. get the clutter out. Yes. Well, the first one and I think the most helpful one is the the myth of like I need to get organized. Because sometimes people are like, I need to get organized, so I'm going to run out to the store and I'm going to get these, you know, elaborate containers and file boxes and I'm and hangers and and I'm going to, you know, get everything out and organ hyper organize it. But we should always start by getting rid of everything we don't need, don't use, don't love. That's my that's my the test that I think is the most helpful. And a lot of times when you say to yourself, Do I need this? Do I use this? Do I love this? You don't even need it. You can toss it. You can recycle it. You can give it away. And then you don't you don't have anything left to organize. It's like, right. <laughs> listen, you and I went through this because I, one time when we were getting you organized, you had all these statements. And you were going to mm-hmm. buy a three-ring binder and a paper punch and put them in chronological mm-hmm. order. And then I was like, do you ever use this stuff? And you were like, no, I never look at these statements. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, we could just get rid of yes. all of them. You didn't. They were yes. online anyway, you know. So, yes, that's the thing. So don't get organized. Start by mm-hmm. eliminating. And then, Gretchen, there's the related problem. Um, I need to be hyper-organized. This is the sort of, all of my spices need to be alphabetically <laughs> ordered. <laughs> yes. Or like, I need a box for every kind of Lego that there is. Or, I, you know, I have 80 categories of home files. I think sometimes people get sort of swept into making categories. And so it becomes extremely burdensome to keep up with it. And so then you don't bother at all, or it's so precise, it's hard. It just, it's very taxing. You want to have enough categories that you can find what you need quickly, but not so many categories that it's, that it's a problem. And Gretchen, something you mentioned briefly uh, earlier in this conversation, 
I need some more inventive storage containers. <laughs> there is a, a, a drive to buy storage containers. Look, we've all felt the seduction of the container store, right? You go in there and you're yes. like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to buy everything in here. And my life's going to be extraordinary. Yes. But yeah, I think that is a myth because it, usually when we get rid of everything we don't need, don't use, don't love, we don't need a lot of fancy gizmos. Um, or yeah. if we do, you know, find out what you need and go buy what you need after having like measured the shelf. Don't go in there and sort of buy everything that catches your fancy because you can end up, you know, you don't want to buy a lot of stuff just to hold your stuff. And you don't want to have a lot of extra containers that aren't really quite right lying around taking up space themselves. Yeah. And I have learned if I do buy a container, to make it see-through. Yes. It's like so much better. Yes. Like in your garage, you have all those see-through yes. containers and it's brilliant. Um, I think that's yes. really true. Here's something that I think some people are more prone to than others. And that is the myth of, I need to find the perfect recipient for everything I'm getting rid of. Mm. And I'm thinking of one particular friend now who's so loving and so generous and an overbuyer. And so she has so many things out, like, in her hallway, if, you, if I go to her apartment, because it's all like, this is going to this person, this is going to this person, this mm. is going to this person. It's like a whole massive process. And I think, you know, for most stuff, unless it's so perfectly suited to a particular person and it's like, we'll really fit a need, I think for many of us, we're better off just finding a couple major, you know, places to donate to and just giving it to them and not worrying about, oh, I need to give this cookie jar to the person for whom it's like really special or, yeah, you yeah. know, because it can end up taking a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And it'll just end up never leaving your Never house. leaving your house. Never leaving your house. Yeah. You want it. That's a really important thing. It's like you haven't cleared the clutter until it's out of your house. Uh-huh. So uh, putting it in the in the <laughs> front hall does not count. <laughs> yes. I mean, how many, I mean, I have done that so many times when there's like a box ready to go and it's there. I helped I helped a yeah. friend, I helped a friend clear clutter. I mean, we got rid of boxes and boxes and boxes. And all her husband did to contribute to this was he would he was just running the boxes to the Salvation Army. And I'm like, mm. that is one of the most important things that you could do. Yes. Because you, as fast as we are getting this stuff put together, you're getting it out of the house. And just doing these back and forth trips was huge. So that's a really important job that people can, can, can yeah. fill. If they don't feel like getting into it um, with you, maybe they can just be in charge of like getting this stuff to uh, – to goodwill or whatever. Um, and then another myth of clutter clearing, I can't get rid of anything that I might possibly need one day. Yes, this is this is a kind of clutter clearing that is particularly and maybe counterintuitively hard for underbuyers. Underbuyers never want to risk having to need something and mm. having to buy something. So they hang on to everything. But if you haven't used a bread maker in five years, you're probably not going to use it. If you have a gigantic store of rubber bands, it's like... you're are you ever really going to use all those rubber bands? Yeah, you need to be able to let go of things where it's really a very, very unlikely use situation. See, the perfect example of that, Gretchen, is I have two fondue pots. Mm. you Unlikely can to need those. You could maybe use one fondue pot. Yeah. yeah, questionable, if but possible. That's a separate question. But two, two seems clearly redundant. Yes. yes, and they so. take up a lot of room. Yes. Um, then there are the two related myths of, I might get that gizmo fixed, or one day I might actually learn how to use that gizmo. And it's like, mm. if you've had it and you haven't fixed it for many months, if you've had it and you've never used it for many months, 
you probably don't have a need for it. You don't really want it. You don't really love it. And so maybe send it on its way. Another myth that a lot of us can relate to is I might lose a ton of weight and then I'd fit into these clothes again. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be very kind of depressing um, and discouraging and also take up a lot of space because you have all these clothes that you never wear, um, but they're still there in your closet and your drawers. A related thing, Gretchen, is should you keep, if you do lose weight, should you keep your bigger clothes? Right, right. In case you gain. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that is a question. And then one thing to ask yourself is if you do gain or lose weight, will these clothes even still be in style? Because in a year, jeans styles change, for instance. Um, A lot of things change. So it it may be irrelevant um, by the time your weight changes anyway. Right. And then there's the myth of, I need to keep this thing because the person who gave it to me might visit my house and be hurt when it's not on display. And you can just say to yourself, you know, is that person really likely to visit and to notice is that a realistic problem? Although I have to say, Gretch, that's one I relate to. I am one of those people, I feel like if someone gives me something, you know, it absolutely needs to be cherished and kept. Um, even if it's years and years later, I just have that sort of feeling. Because you feel like it's 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 tied to their memory and therefore needs respect or because you're afraid they're going to come into your house and be like, where's that giant platter with the with the flowers on it that I gave you? I think both. Ah. Really? Well, well, I think one thing to ask yourself is, is this realistic? Because if the person would never notice, if you're never going to really use it, I mean, do you want to send it on its way so somebody else is actually making good use of the platter with the flowers on it? Because if someone's really going to see it and is really going to be hurt, then that's important. But I think a lot of times those are sort of fantasy problems. And I think it's just a question of ask yourself, is this a myth for me or is this not a myth for me? This is actually reality for me. It's something to think about. And finally, Gretchen, um, one that comes up all the time. (laughs) We even still, you fall prey to this yourself. I do. Yay, it's free. I should take it. Yes. Yes, we've all done it. (laughs) We continue to do it. I just, the other day, like I had gotten some swag bag somewhere, which I shouldn't have taken to begin with. Yeah. And it had these comfy pants in it, but they weren't cute comfy pants. I knew I would never wear them. And then I finally got rid of them last week. But it's like, because they were free, I brought them into the house. Yes. It's so easy to take that tote bag or that water bottle or those, you know, comfy pants. But then you've just bought more clutter into your house. You've created more waste because if you take those things, then they're going to be created. And um, yeah, so things that look free can often end up costing us a lot of time, energy, or money. So that is a good thing to remember. Um, so let us know if you uh, tried this at home and how remembering the myths of spring cleaning helps you as you clear clutter going into the summer. And let us know any tips or myths you've uncovered. We are always eager to hear more. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenMoving.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode, happiercast.com slash 266 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a clutter-clearing happiness hack. But first, this break. The 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for a happiness hack. And this is a hack that in, in candor, neither you nor I have tried, but we're intrigued. Yes, and it's a it's on our theme of spring cleaning. Yes. <laughs> and the hack is to host a clothing swap party. Yeah. Now explain this idea for people who haven't heard of the clothing swap. So the idea is that you and your friends um, go through your closets, take out clothes that are still in great condition, still stylish, things you think people would want, but that you found you don't want. Yeah. And have a gathering where you bring all of these items, I guess, clothes, shoes, purses, et cetera, jewelry, definitely. And you swap. You take, you know, one man's trash is another's treasure, right? Yeah, I mean, right. and um, apparently people love getting new stuff this way and it's free and it's recycling. So there's yes. all good things. And it's social. And it's social. Um, and then you donate, the, whoever's the host donates the rest. And so... People are clearing clutter. They're giving good clothes to people who need good clothes, and then they're swapping with their friends. And um, I've noticed, you know, whenever I help people clear clutter, I usually do end up taking a few things <laughs> myself. Like, Elizabeth, remember one time I went, I was helping you clear your closet, and you gave me like a little red clutch leather bag that I still use. I took that from you. Yes. 
And of course, I had gotten that from mom. So mom had cleared it, giving it to me. And then I cleared it, giving it to you. And you are using it. It took so. three people to get it into the yeah. proper hands, but there it is. So I think that this is a really fun idea. It might be a really kind of fun way to celebrate like the first day of spring or, yeah. or something like that. It gets things into hands where things are going to be used. And I think we're all more and more focused on let's make good use of the things that we have instead of trying to get more. Yes. And now it's time for a happiness stumbling block. And that stumbling block is interviewing for a job. We've all done it, and it's tough. And to talk about this happiness stumbling block, we're talking to Rusty O'Kelly. Now, I have known Rusty for years. He was a third-year student at Yale Law School when Jamie was the second year and I was the first year. So we all, we knew him then. And then all of us were in D.C. after law school together, and we got to know each other better. Um, but I have to say that is not uncommon with Rusty. He is one of these people who knows Everyone. It's like, here I am in New York City, and every time his name comes up, the other person's always like, oh, I know Rusty. I love her. I just had dinner with Rusty. He's like, knows everyone. And Rusty works at Russell Reynolds Associates, which is one of the five largest executive recruiting firms in the world. They're hired by companies to help them find executives. In other words, they're headhunters. Rusty co-leads the board and CEO practice for the firm, so he deals with people at the very top for very significant positions. But he's explained that his insights are applicable to anyone applying for a job. Because interviewing and getting hired are such common happiness stumbling blocks, we wanted to have him on to offer his wisdom. Rusty, hello. Gretchen, it's so great to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Hi, You're, Rusty. We're Hi. How are you? here in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> So, Rusty, we were at dinner one night, and you were telling me all these great tips that you were telling the people that you work with about how to get a job. But you said it's basically true for everyone. And so we thought, hey, this is something that so many people go through. Let's have you come in and share all these ideas with everybody. Yeah, and it's perfect for me, Rusty, because I'm in Los Angeles where I'm constantly changing jobs, constantly having job interviews. So I think your advice applies to everybody, whether it's for a CEO position or a TV writer or a cashier. So this is going to up my game. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to make it up relevant to everyone. We're going to help you get a job faster. <laughs> Good. Okay. So start with like, what if you could say one thing to people, what's the first thing you would say? The first thing I would say is apply for a job where you have relevant skills. So we ah. all want to apply for our dream job. We yeah. all There are so many things we would all love to do. But if it's so far out of reach and you really don't have relevant skills, you need to think about, should I be doing this? And how long is it going to take? It's not that I want to throw cold water on your dreams, but you need to think about, what is the process? And you're filling a job for someone else. Mm -hmm. They are not there to make your dreams come true. Uh-huh. Mm. And so do you think if you need to like make baby steps towards that, like to get relevant experience, or do you need to make the case for yourself if you're trying to make a leap like that? Great comment. I think you need to do both. Uh -huh. So I think you need to build on. And so you can see if you want a job that's here. So I want to be you know, the regional manager of a chain of X. Right. A paper well, a paper company in Pennsylvania. A paper company yeah. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Or you want to be the regional manager of a group of Starbucks. Yeah. You probably need to start with managing one. Right. And understand what the job is like. And don't go for, well, I think I could manage, you know, six stores. Right. Why? You have to focus on building the steps. But you also, in all interviews, really have to make the case of 
why you want that job, not uh, any job, why uh, you want that job, what skills you bring to that job. Again, you're fulfilling a need yes. that someone else has. Right, right. And so, and when you're going into the interview, what are the kinds of things that you should do to like get yourself in a place where you can make the case that I'm the answer to your problems? I think the one thing that you need to do is prepare. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. Re- regardless. So when you're out in LA interviewing, you know, who are you talking to? How many people are you talking yeah. to? When you read the, the, we call it the spec, whatever the job is, there's a description of the role. Yeah. Ask yourself, what skills do I have that's going to help fill that role? Uh-huh. And prepare. Have, you know, have a sheet of paper. You don't read through it, but to organize your thoughts in your head about why you fill the qualification or why you have the qualifications uh, that they're looking for. And do people sometimes not do that? It is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they they come in and, and they'll, they will want a job. They will want a similar job. They've done a light level of research. But the ones that impress and stand out uh-huh. are the ones that know a lot about the role, the company, the culture. Uh-huh. That's one of the key things. You, you, you've done some research. You've gone to Glassdoor. Um, you, you understand the culture of the place uh-huh. and why you would be a good fit there. Everyone does a little something. Right. But it's the people who stand out uh-huh. who make it the furthest or get the role are the one who's d- ones who've done that extra level of research. This is kind of reminding me what they tell you when you're applying to college. It's like, yeah, I know mm-hmm. you want to go to college, but why do you want to go to our college? That's exactly right. That's yeah. a really great analogy. Why do you want to go to that college? Yeah. Why is it Middlebury? Like what? And and mm-hmm. and you have to know about. Well, you said to me the other day, prepare to show you care because that's how you show that you care is by preparing. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because if you don't take the time to prepare, yeah. the message that you're inadvertently sending to the interviewer is, eh, this wasn't worth my time. Oh, right it's worth your time. I mean, it's their time. Respect their time by yeah. preparing. Always have a few good questions. Yeah. You know, three, four good questions. Mm. Yeah, I interview people and get interviewed, so I'm on both sides. And it shocks me how often people come in and have no idea what my writing partner and I have done before. Like, they didn't even look us up on IMDb. Right. And how does that make you feel? Oh, they're dismissed immediately. We're just like, forget it. They, they don't care enough to yes. even Google us right. for five seconds in the lobby. <laughs> then they don't really want to be on our show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. forget it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. that apply that lesson applies to whether you want to work in Starbucks, yeah. whether you want to be an executive, whether yeah. you want to be a store manager, whether you want to be a, a cosmetologist. Right. I mean, it's uni- It's truly universal. Right. Right. Prepare and know the company, the organization, and preferably the people that you're right. going to be interviewing with. Okay. Now, for I always like the things people do wrong because it feels like it's easier mm-hmm. not to do the <laughs> things that are like the obvious mistakes. So what are some of the common mistakes where you're like, just don't do that, you know, and you'll be, you'll save yourself some grief? Uh, a couple come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> he said Riley. <laughs> <laughs> More than a couple. Yeah. I'd say in an interview – uh, the mistakes that people make, one is they talk too much. They come in gung-ho selling themselves. They don't start with some questions. Uh-huh. So you don't, you've got to show some intellectual curiosity. Don't mm. come in, even though you've prepared and you yeah. think you know all the answers. Yeah. Don't go in telling people that you know all the answers. Ask insightful questions. Uh-huh. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then once you ask a few questions, then you can set, then you can start to say, well, I think I would fit because ah. of, or they, the interviewer will ask you, well, okay, based on what you've heard, what would you say? Be crisp. Mm-hmm. Don't go on too long. If you are thinking you're talking too much, you are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and then related to that, how do you think, I mean, it used to be that resumes were supposed to be a page. Is that still true? It varies. So it, it, it goes with your career. You know, mm-hmm. if you are under 30, if you are under 35, you could probably get away with one page, mm-hmm. maybe one page, and then your perf- your school and other interest on the top of the second page. But yeah. You know, as you get into 15 to 20 year of career, fine to be two full pages. And then as you sort of pass that 20 to 25 year mark, it's fine to go to two and a half pages, but that's another mistake. You know, we see people from academia who just give us their CV. It's 10 mm-hmm. pages right. long. right. right. No one, no one wants to sort <laughs> no through that. <laughs> You're and, right. And what that tells us is you didn't take time to prepare, and you didn't think yes. about you didn't think about who the reader was. Yeah, what's relevant to me? I don't. Exactly. I, you're making me do that work. Exactly. Right. And how else can you make it easier on your interviewer? Make sure that your resume is up to date. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is that is often discouraging is when you see resumes and they just keep adding on to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you and I joked about, you know, I don't care about your husband's job in 1993 yeah, to yeah, 1995. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. really not relevant yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. take the time to edit the old mm-hmm. things in your resume, those things sort of a decade back or more, and just shorten them to right. one sentence, yeah. maybe two bullets. The older it is, the less relevant it is. People are hiring you in any job, basically, for your last five to 10 years of experience. Oh, interesting. That's oh. what's most, they want to look at the career path, and they, they want to look for a pattern and a trajectory. Uh-huh. But the skills that they're mostly interested in are those that you're, you've been using over the past decade because they're the sharpest. And another thing is that people cannot remember more than three things. You know, <laughs> it, it is, you know, people like, here are the five or six things about me. I can't remember five or six things about myself. Right, right, right. It, it, but seriously, people come in with this laundry list. Yeah, what we have learned through interviewing, through lots of management consulting studies, is that the listener remembers three big themes. Mm. Ah. And so paint three big themes about who you are. Oh, that's interesting. So they can walk away and they'll probably remember two of the three. Oh, well, that's like, Elizabeth, you said how in your your industry, you kind of have to have your story, like your origin story and kind of the story of who you are. And I can imagine... You might say, like, well, what are the big three things about me? Like, I'm curious. I'm analytical. I'm a people person. Or whatever. I mean, those are probably too broad. And but please don't use the last one. I'm a people person. Don't say people <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, okay. yeah, the other Up two. with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> curious, though. Analytical. You know, add to that. But what yeah. are the three sentences right. that you want people to take away uh-huh. about you? And try to weave those themes in. And make it relevant to that job, because that's another mistake people make, is they have their three things that they apply to everything, ah. and they don't tailor it to the situation. Yeah. So it won't be the same for everything. And by the way, you could have a couple of different resumes. So, you know, Elizabeth, as you think about your world, if you're applying to be a writer, you're probably going to emphasize, emphasize different things than if you're applying to be a production assistant right. or a different type yeah. of role. So, you know, take the time. Mm-hmm. You don't need six. You don't need four. But you could have two themes if you're going down different tracks. So that because it's also a guide for the interviewer to ask you questions. 
and you want them to ask you relevant questions about your background. And then the final question I want to ask is, do you think it's worthwhile to practice? I mean, it feels kind of fake and artificial, but do you think it's worth like getting somebody to fake interview you? Absolutely, because it makes you more comfortable. Yeah. And so having your spouse, having a brother, a sister, you know, fake interview you uh, for half an hour it gets your mind focused. It gets you thinking. It gets you, you crisper, as you it said. It gets you, you be- crisper. It makes you suddenly hear for the first time what you've been thinking in your head, and it will probably come out slightly different than what you were thinking. Well, and Rusty, what else can people do if they're nervous? Practicing is good, but sometimes the stakes in an interview feel so high. There, do you have other suggestions for how people can come in and show their best selves? Well, I, I think a little bit of nervousness is good. I was a little nervous before I came on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. I've never been on a podcast before. Yeah. So a little bit of nerves is good because it gets you to focus. Yeah. Um, I think that the, you need to, each person needs to realize the point of diminishing returns. Uh-huh. And so there is a point where you can overpractice. Uh-huh. There is a point where you begin to sound stilted. And so that's something you can do. I think taking a walk around the block mm-hmm. before the interview. That's a good one. Clearing your head, having a cup of coffee so that, you know, don't study things till the end. Mm-hmm. You're not cramming for a test. You want to come in as a refreshed, natural person into the interview. And just something mm-hmm. as simple as taking a walk down the block, you know, sitting down on a bench and just, you know, thinking for a few minutes about, you know, who am I and, <laughs> and you know, just, yeah. just, just allowing yourself a moment of reflection, not preparation, because you should have been doing that, you know, uh-huh. a few days, a week before. So not that feeling of cramming. You're not great point. You're not cramming right. at the last hour or so. You're just reflecting. One other tip is do the morning of your interview, whether it's a big company or a small company. To the point you made, Elizabeth, do a Google search to see if anything has happened. Ooh. Mm. Because if something has happened, and you know, it's you're even a, a small company in the area, just in case there was a fire, there was a something that or happened, or like a like a uh, like in, happened in New York City, like a, a sewer burst, and it was like giant flooding in this one area. And if you didn't know that, they would have felt like, where have you been? Even though you're like, I live in a completely part, different part of the city. Why would I have known that you had a sewer burst? Exactly. That's a great point. Have something, be, be ready for people just to fill the air at the beginning. And, mm. you know, people are going to talk about the weather or they're mm-hmm. going to talk about the current event of the day. Mm-hmm. It is true. Do avoid politics. Do yeah. avoid religion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's never a winner. Um, but, you know, it is, it is, you should know what's been happening in the town or the area, but particularly related to the business, because yeah. I think that's sometimes a mistake people make is they haven't done a Google search in a week or two. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, particularly if you're interviewing in large corporate America, there have been some big announcements. Uh-huh. And then they make a reference to it in the interview. Uh-huh. Yes. And all of a sudden you're like, what? Yes. And it happens all the time. Interesting. So you have to be prepared for that. Excellent. Rusty, thank you so much. I know you're so busy and you travel all the time. I'm, it, was, it was so nice of you to come by here in New York City and to help everybody with this stumbling block. Well, yes. this was a joy. And, you know, Elizabeth, let us know if these tips were helpful to you. I hope they were practical and helpful. And I hope all your listeners um, get something out of this. It was fun for me to do. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Rusty. Take care. Bye-bye. Coming up, I have a demerit that's half demerit, half public service announcement. But first, this break. (laughs) 
This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And Elizabeth, what is this intriguing public service announcement demerit that you're talking about? All right, Gretchen. I don't know if I'm the last person to hear about this, (laughs) but I didn't know about it. So I want to make sure all of our listeners know about it. And it's that we all have to get what's called a real ID. Here in the United States. um, Here in the United States in order to travel without a passport. So... You know, we all show our driver's license at the airport. Well, now you have to have a special real ID driver's license. And it's supposed to be, uh, it's going to take effect October 1st, 2020. We're all hoping that's delayed. (laughs) Um, But the demerit part of this for me is that, one, I haven't figured out what documents I need. And to further complicate it, Like, I sort of half changed my name when I got married. Like, Mm. I took the step to go to some office and fill out some sort of paperwork. But, like, I think there were three more steps that I never did um, because I thought, oh, I don't really care. Right. Not knowing down the line that this real ID thing would pop up and suddenly I'm going to need all sorts of documents. um, To match. Because the problem is, like, your Social Security... Yes. Doesn't match your passport or whatever. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And Gretchen, I'm procrastinating on it because it feels very daunting. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like a maze. Yeah. So anyway, it's, but I want others to know that this exists because you want to make an appointment at the DMV to do this. And apparently 
The people have been waiting three hours. I mean, it's really kind of a nightmare in a lot of places. So um, get on board. I will post a link to the government site about Real ID where they post a list of the kind of documents that you need to bring in with you and kind of the whole setup. You do need to look at your state to understand how your DMV works. But um, anyway, you can do that from this site. So I'll post a link if you... I think this is the kind of thing where if you haven't heard about it, you don't notice anybody talking about it. And the minute somebody brings it to your attention, you're like... Everybody's losing their mind about real ID. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know about yeah, it. I'm okay. like, how is this not a headline every single day? <laughs> yeah, gonna, um, yeah. It feels like a big deal. Yeah. All right, Gretchen, what is your gold star? Well, I want to give a gold star to our mother because we recently found out that she is one of the founders of a book group that has been meeting consistently since 1980. Yes, she sent us a list of all the books they've read, and they have read so many books. It shows you how consistency matters. Yes, yes. We often overestimate what we can do in like a weekend or a month, and we underestimate what we can do if we read a book a month, even if you read no other book. It's amazing what they've read. And really, we should give a gold star to the friend of hers who kept the list, which was amazing, you know, and also everybody who's participated in that book group along with her, because that is the kind of thing that just, it's it's irreplaceable, that kind of thing. And it's just going to add so much to a happy life, both because of the the relationships that you create and also the books that you read. I just think it's extraordinary. Well, and book groups are notorious for falling apart, yes. right? I mean, that is a happiness stumbling block in and of itself is yes. book groups that fall apart. Yes. So we'll have to ask mom how hers has stayed together. And maybe there's some sort of hack we can share about keeping a book group together. Right, because there's all sorts of different philosophical problems that people get into and yes. and. and, 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 and yeah, it is. It is. It is quite. That's a good idea. We should do that. That would be fun. So, gold star to our mother and to everyone in her book group because um, that is a, that is a really wonderful happiness boosting achievement. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Beware the myths of spring cleaning as you dive into your clutter. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our terrific guest, Rusty O'Kelly. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And you know what I'm going to say? If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, and recommend us to a friend. That really is the way we get new listeners for our show. Also, the resources for this week. If you uh, would like to listen to an audiobook of my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, to like get you psyched up as you're working on your spring cleaning, um, you can listen to that wherever you listen to your audiobooks. I'm also... Um, Speaking of book clubs, I'm often asked about my favorite young adult and children's literature books. I am in groups where we talk about these books, but I made a list of my 81 all-time favorites. And if you would like to see the PDF for that, you can download it at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, I just sent you a picture of my um, space here so you can see how insanely cluttered it truly is. Uh, Okay, I just opened it.
And um, yeah, that's pretty much how I pictured it. It's nuts. It's nuts. Oh, yeah. Gosh. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.